Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So today we are starting a new series entitled Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. And what I want you to consider throughout this whole series is what will you do with the amazing grace God has shown you? So what will we do as a congregation with the amazing grace that God has shown us? What will you do with that? And as we start this message, I want to share a story that happened in May 2019 uh, that I heard. It was a story that was uh, about a, a group of college students that were sitting for a speech, their commencement speech. It was in a, a, a university called Morehouse in Atlanta, I think Georgia, I don't know all the places in America, but there was a, a guy who was called Robert F. Smith, and he was going to give a, a speech. And, and part of his speech, he comes to a point in saying, everybody who's sitting here today, I will pay off your student debt. So imagine that. So imagine it's a, it, it, was, it accumulated to millions of dollars. He covered about 400 students of debt. So imagine that so he's, he's paying this off during his speech. He's saying this, I'll pay it off. Now, could you imagine if you were there? For those of you who are familiar with student debt, I inherited student debt. I didn't come with student debt. I, I got it from somewhere. So, but imagine, so I would appreciate a guy like that coming in and saying, we'll pay off all the student debt. And that will be such a blessing so imagine you were sitting there, but you could have also been the one not being there. You graduated possibly the previous semester, or you're still to come. So that debt was only for those guys who were there. Now, this guy is far able to do it because he's worth about $5 billion. So he was able to do this. Now, this is a great gospel illustration as we open this series because we all have a debt that we are unable to pay. There's a debt that we have that we are not able to pay. And if the gospel would not get you excited as those students were on that day, you do not understand the depth of your debt that you owe because of sin. So if, you don't know, if the same excitement doesn't come up to you, then someone saying, I'll pay off your debt or your house or whatever you may be, then what the gospel is paying off there could be a possibility that you do not understand the reality of that debt in your heart and in your lives. And this is what God has come to do for us. So in order for someone to pay off debt, they have to have two things. They need to be willing and they need to be able. And God was both. This man was willing to pay off the student's debt but he was also able to pay off the debt. And there was only one person that was able to pay off our debt. So how do we respond to something so great beyond what we deserve? Because many times if we think of grace, if you, if you think of this word grace, you could think about the Americans that say, let's say grace. I don't think it's a term we use here. But they say it before they eat, let's say grace. Something maybe more familiar to, to what we are used to is maybe you have fallen or you have made a mistake or you want someone to cut you some slack and then you'll say, give me some grace. 
But today I'm going to open in Romans 5 and we want to explore exactly what Paul meant when he said grace. What is the exact meaning? Because we get used to words and we get very familiar, uh, we familiarize ourselves with words and words then somehow loses its, 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 its oomph, its, its power. But this is what we should not do with this word grace. So I'm going to read the text for us and then I'll pray. So Romans 5 verse 12 to 21. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through the one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abound for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience that many will be made righteous. Now the law came, into in, now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abound all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for this evening. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, and I pray that you come and minister to our hearts. Lord God, I pray that we grasp your, your abundance of grace that you have poured out upon us, Lord. God, I pray whether I can articulate it well or not, God. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will come and do something in our hearts, Lord. Far beyond what I'm able to do, God, just in this short time. And God, just pray that you just show us as well, uh, uh, your fatherly love, Lord. God, show us this word grace and the meaning of it and the power behind it and the impact, Lord, that we perhaps have not grasped nor understood or perhaps become too familiar with, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. So what we're going to look at is abundant grace. So how does the amazing grace transform our relationship with God? So the amazing grace of God has to bring a transformation to your relationship with God. So when we don't understand grace, you don't understand transformation. That it one or two, it cannot happen. Grace brings the transformation. And so we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at what is the difference between the free gift and the trespass. Because it says the gift is not like the trespass. And then we're going to unpack these two and then I'll bring it to a conclusion. And in all of this, I really hope that you can see the abundance of grace that God has given to us. So let's go to the first point. There's a difference. The first point is there's a difference. Romans 5 verse 15 opens like this and says, but the free gift is not like the trespass. So Paul clearly tells us here that the free gift and the trespass 
is there's a distinctive difference. There's a distinctive difference. Here's where the free gift and the trespass has common ground. They have both an eternal reward. So both give something eternal. The free gift gives you something eternal. The trespass gives you something eternal. And that what they give you is that, uh, I'm sorry, and they, and they, they, so they both give you something eternal, right? Uh, but their eternal destinations differs like east from the west. So imagine not all roads lead to Swakop. Not all roads lead to Cape Town. And you cannot be on your way to Cape Town and on your way to Swakop at the same time. If you remember the, the, the message, I, I think I preached somewhere, I think in December, where I said, we cannot keep on sinning and being in Christ. The two doesn't go hand in hand. And in the same way here, we can't go left and we can go right. If you can, we'll take a moment now and pause and please show me. If you're able to, if I put you in the middle and I say, please walk to this side and that side at the same time. We can't do that. And so the Gospels are clear. It speaks about these two roads. It says there's this narrow road and there's this wide road that we are all on. And so this is the difference between there's this trespass, which is one side, and there's this free gift, which is on the other side. So let's look exactly what is the difference between the two and where we all find ourselves and where we all could be finding ourselves if we understood this thoroughly. So what is the difference between the free gift and the trespass? So let's go first. What is the trespass? Romans 5 verse 16. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin. For judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. So this takes us back when it says, and the free gift is not like the trespass of that one man. It's referring back to Genesis. So in Adam and Eve had this whole story happening where Eve was deceived. She eats the forbidden fruit. She gives her husband. I don't know what was going on in his mind, but he partakes of this thing. And what this has caused, it, it caused a whole issue with all of us. So what Adam did there affected us. But not only did it affect us, it infected us. So no longer is it just an, like something that affected, it had a consequence, but it was deeper. It was deeper than just a consequence that we have had. So, so what Adam did there, it, it, it infected our lives, our hearts, our minds, and all of our being because of his one man's trespass. And it literally fractured our relationship with God. It fractured our relationship with God. It, it took us apart from God. Because you see this word that, we, what, that Adam did when it says that one man's sin is called transgression. And transgression is a bit different from sin. Sin in its, in its, in its original definition literally means missing the mark. So if this is the mark, if this is what God expects of you, you missed it. God expects of you to be full of truth, you lied. God expects you to be pure, you were not pure in your thoughts, in your mind, in your actions. God expected you to, I don't know, uh, go and tell someone this and you missed the mark. 
But see, what Adam did was a transgression. And that really means to fall away from after being besides. So no longer Adam was living in the presence of God in this Garden of Eden. I wish it was still there. I wish they could still give us the location and see this whole tree and everything they ate of. But God was dwelling, Adam was dwelling with God. He was there besides him, with him. But the moment he ate of the forbidden fruit, it fractured his relationship with God and he fell from God. There was distance. Because the moment he did it, he hid. He started hiding himself. Him and his wife, we've got to hide. And so that, that, that was the start of this thing where he literally fall away. So the idea of transgression goes beyond missing the mark because it's personal to God. It's a personal thing. It is personal to God that if we're not in a right relationship with Him. And see, what makes sin so sinful, what makes our sin as the humankind so sinful, is not the sin what we do, but it's who we do it against. That was, that's what makes sin so intense. It's not the fact that we, what we do, but it's the fact who we do it against. That's, that's what causes all this havoc and this destruction and this fraction because it's against a holy God. And so I just want to give you a few verses. Just pay attention. Verse 15 says, The transgression of the one man... Uh, the transgression of the one, many died. So transgression leads to death. And may you not believe it's death after 70 or 80 years. It's an eternal separation from God. It goes, it says, by the transgression of the one man, death reigned through one man. Sin reigned in death. Judgment arose from one transgression resulting in condemnation. Judgment rose. So where we all find ourselves is literally, Paul's book of Romans is a very, like, a legal book. It's actually like a lecture. It's not a story. It was teaching and teaching, lecturing. So we, we all sit here. We all find ourselves in court ready for judgment to be passed. And the verdict will be that you're guilty. Therefore, there will be condemnation. And the moment there's condemnation, there's death. That's your sentence which is an eternal death. Sorry, man. And so this is, this is where we all find ourselves. None of us cannot find ourselves in this position. There's no one. There's no one born into righteousness. No one. All of us are born distant from God. Enemies of Him. Alienated. We're separated from Him. And this is what the transgression has done. So Adam's sin messed up our relation with God, and the result of that was death, judgment, and condemnation. That was the result of what Adam did. But something had to be done about our transgression. And if you ever <coughs> sorry, felt yourself like when you sin and you feel guilty or you feel bad, that's not just bad thoughts. That's the reality of sin. That's not you thinking bad. That's what sin does in our lives. It separates, it hurts, it brings destruction. And so we all sit in this courtroom 
being judged to say you'll be guilty at the end of the day. So imagine that there's none of us, none of us here can say that we are not in that judgment court ready to be sentenced. But see, something had to happen about this transgression. And we, we all can have ourselves, you could find yourself going through whatever in your life or distant from God. Or This is the first time you hear a message like this, but it's something you feel separated from God. And so the trespass led to judgment and condemnation and death. But what happened with the free gift? So that's the trespass. The trespass leads, if you remember anything out of this message, the trespass leads to judgment condemnation and death the trespass gives a destruction to your relationship with god it separates you from god you're no longer just missing the mark but you have fallen from being besides him and so we are separated from but the free gift as it says it says the free gift is not like the trespass just go yeah and the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin for judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. That's a heavy term. It's not something anybody can do. We many times try to justify us. But on this level where, where sin had to be dealt with, not anybody could come and justify us. It continues to say, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. When it says all men, it says everyone. Sometimes it will say to many. When it says many, it speaks about everyone. Continue. For if because of, for as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteous leading, uh, through through righteous leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So this is how God's grace transforms our relationship with Him. Bringing from trespass to grace brings us back into a life, a, a relationship with God that is transformed. Because see, God was this God up there, but He became man in Jesus Christ. Living the life that who should have lived? You and I. He lived the life that you and I should have lived. Died the death that you and I should have died. And in, in our places. And after the third day, He rose from the dead, proving He's the Son of God. And what did He do? He offered forgiveness of sins for those who repent and believe in Him. That's what the grace of God enabled us to do. So the innocent would ultimately die for the guilty. The innocent Jesus ultimately died for us who are guilty. 
Imagine that. This doesn't happen. Who of you would die for an for a unrighteous person? It's easier to say, you know, when you go around, there's many causes that are being fought, and they all, we'll call them there for the good. Many people lose their life over good causes. I'm not so informed about them, but I know that happens. There's good causes all around the world, and people get on board on them, and they're even willing to lose their lives. But this, imagine, this is the, the total opposite. This is a bad cause, and saying, I'll lose my life for that. So that they might live through that. And so when we look, or what we need to be glad of at first, is that the first Adam did not have the last say. That the first Adam who sinned and destroyed the relationship with God did not have the last say. See, but because he didn't have the last say, we can be rightly brought into relationship with God. We can be rightly brought into a relationship with God. And there is nothing that your life, that you could have done, that you think is beyond forgiveness, that God cannot forgive. And there's nothing that you, you could be as low as you come, because we put sin in some form of category. So I want to tell you, if you lied, you lied. Like, it's sin. If you murdered, you murdered. Same box. Different consequences on earth, same consequences in hell. <laughs> Except if the devil have different stages for where you will burn. But sin is sin. But I want to guarantee you, because of the free gift of God, there is nothing. There's no thought that you could have had in your whole life. There's no emotion that you could have felt. There's no sin that you could commit. That God, that this free gift of God is not able to restore you of and bring you back into relationship with God. There is nothing, nothing, whether you feel it or whether you don't feel it, whether you, you weep. And I, I remember a time of my life, and I've shared it here before, where I, I had this sin in my life, and I, I was saved, and I don't believe saved people can struggle with sin, but I struggled, and I struggled, and I came to a place of struggling so much that I said, God, can you please not let your spirit depart from me? But I was wrestling through it. But you know what? The grace of God is so abounding that it even overtook that and brought me out of that. And now I live again in that right standing with God. Not that I was never in right standing, but I live in that freedom. And God, that free gift, is that is what God has in store for you. Even though the transgression is destructive, the transgression was great, but the grace of God, it says the grace of God abounds all the more. So I, don't want, I, want, I, want you to, I want you to sit here and I want you to see the magnitude of the grace of God. And this grace, I never define grace as something freely given. It's, it's favor. This free gift was freely given to you. It's like I, I put it, I can imagine if, if someone stole, someone stole my phone. Pastor Chris, you always use me. You stole my phone now. <laughs> Pastor Chris, he uses me. And imagine Pastor Chris stole my phone and here we're standing in court waiting for judgment to happen. I called the police. I don't know with what phone because my phone was stolen. But I called him and what I'll, what I'll read out is you're the other, you're the, you're the, you're the savior. And, and, and they come in exchange. And then Pastor Chris can sit down. And, and, and when imagine, so this exchange happened. So if we have to say who's guilty, who do we look at? One with the phone. 
And this is what Jesus has done for you. But I think too few of understand that the sin is in His hands. The sin is nailed to the cross. It's here. It's no longer with you. And so I want you to, I want you to grasp because that's the compassion love of God. That's the compassion love of God. He cares for you in that manner that He cared for you so much. He says, I'll take that, my son. Who of you, there's no one of you here as a father, except if you need some parenting classes, which is okay. But if your son has done something wrong or struggling with something, that you try to be harsh to get him out of it. There's a gracious approach that has to happen. And God helps us in that. God helps us to be gracious. When we struggle, you can constantly fight that same thing because He'll graciously help you out of that. So back to justification. So we were justified. This word is closely associated with the pressing need to be released from deserved punishment. And so we were pressing for justification. We were pressing for it. God, can we just be justified? Have you ever tried to justify yourself? Just to get yourself on, on level terms. Just to get yourself out of the issue. And God came to justify us of a punishment that was well deserved for us. Again, I read for you verse 15. The grace of God and the gift by Jesus abounded to many. Many is not like limited. Many means all. Abounded to all. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Death, the word death does not need to be on your lips anymore. Except the stuff you're putting to death because you need to live in life. You're made to live in life. You're made for life. You're made to be in life. Free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. One act of righteousness, there resulted justification of, uh, of a life to all men. So through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. In grace, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So these just verses of the verses saying one man's trespass, one man's obedience, one man's condemnation, one man's justification. And in this, if you're going to read this for yourself, Matthew, uh, Romans 5, verse 12 to 21, you'll see these contrasts constantly. Constantly being happened. Free gift, trespass, life, death, constantly happening. Showing what happened and what Christ has came to do in our lives. So at this point, if we all accept the free gift of God, we no longer are liable to judgment. We are no longer liable to judgment. The moment you accepted the free gift of God, you don't need to feel condemned. You don't need to feel condemned. You don't need to think condemnation. Because there's a scripture on it. It speaks about those who are saved. I don't remember. There's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It's therefore no condemnation. And look at this. In, in 2 Corinthians, just hear these words. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 15. It says, Thanks be to God for this inexpressible gift. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. The free gift of eternal life is a gift that you should be un, 
able to express. If it's a true reality and you have, I love the song that we sang in remembrance. Like if you live in constant remembrance, there should be a gift that you cannot express. You cannot have the amount of words that expresses the, the, the beauty and the greatness of this gift that Jesus has given us. So I'm going to give you three points of what we have learned today. Before I do that, I sum it up. So imagine this. is this transgression because of one man that fractured all our relationships with God. None of us here have a perfect relationship with God. And you're not birthed into one either. But then the free gift of God. And this is something I, have not, not, I, I do not have the sufficient words to give it over today. Therefore, I pray that the Holy Spirit can do something greater than my words in your heart, understanding this free gift and the abundance of grace that led to our eternal life. I hope you can see it beyond. I hope that you can wake up morning after morning with a thanksgiving and remembering your salvation, remembering that you were brought from darkness to light. This is something that you cannot, whether you are serving the Lord for 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, or 20 years, or 30 years, it's something you cannot forget of what God has done for us in that time, through the grace that He has given us. So let me give you three points of what we learned today. God's grace is greater than what we have done. God's grace is greater than what we have done. How much more did, the, did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? We don't move forward with, with God by minimizing our sin, but rather by maximizing His grace. It's not that the sin is not that big of a deal, but God's grace is greater. Second point. God's grace is greater than what we deserve. The judgment followed one sin, brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses, brought justification. We are no longer condemned by sin. We are not only spared what we do deserve, but we receive that, the, the grace we, which we do not deserve. So like, like it says in Romans, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There's no condemnation for those in Christ. Lastly, God's grace is greater than what we fear. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of, of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? For many, the greatest fear we, we deal with is death. As we saw in Romans, death entered through sin. Now later in verse 17, we see that the result of that death reigned through one man. However, because of the gift of God, we can now reign in this life. So also the grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we, I, I told you the story of the students that their debt was paid. Now imagine, before that man paid, 
Do you think in that hall there was a celebration or not? There was. Why? Because they trusted what that man said. And in the same way that we should trust that because of the grace of God, this free gift, there's eternal life. It is promised to us. It is freely given to us due to the cross, the, the work of Jesus on the cross. And we receive this gift by faith. We receive this gift of God by faith. By faith. So I want us to stand. We're going to do two things. I want us to stand. I want us to stand. I want us to stand. And this is just standing and still not closing your eyes. Just pay attention to me. I want to invite you into two things. One, I invite you, if you never have ever received God as your personal Lord and Savior, I invite you to receive Him right now. So just keep that thought in mind. I want you to, want you, if you want to make Him your personal Lord and Savior, you're, you're sitting in the transgression and you want this free gift which would demolish that transgression and bring you into a right relationship with God. That's what God wants to do with you right now. And then secondly, I want to invite all of you who are here with us this evening that there are many of us, our friends, our colleagues, our family, who are living in this transgression fractured relationships with God, distant from God. And God has given us the abundance of grace and the free gift of life to go and give it to these people. We are the hope of the world. We bring the hope. God, Jesus said, you are the salt. Salt brings taste to food. You, you are that. And you might feel, insecure. You might feel overwhelmed by telling that to someone. But in that moment is where the Holy Spirit comes. And I, I, I share with you a story yesterday. I went to go and cut my hair. And, and I was trusting God to reach out to the man who's cutting my hair. And, and all of a sudden, it's just like a fear that fell upon me. Like, Lord, I, I, you know, like you can't speak. But then I, I just gathered my thought again and, and remembered that it, 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 it's through the Holy Spirit that God gives us the power. And I, I listened to the music in the salon, and it was worship music. So I asked him, you know, who, who selects this music? And he's like, no, the boss likes it. And I said, man, it's amazing. I'm like, do you believe? He's like, yes, I believe. And it actually ended up that he's a believer. He's making disciples. He's loving the Lord. But it's, it's just that moment of, of grasping, and we all face it. Don't think we don't face it. I don't think I don't face it. We face it together. But God has called us to be the hope of the world. The reason we'll put chairs in this corridor is because we are taking the hope to the world. That's the reason. The reason people will be set free from all kinds of evil of this world is because the hope is busy being out there. 
And God wants to bring us back to that. God wants to put the ministry in our hands and says, I've empowered you. I've given you the ability. The, the Holy Spirit wasn't poured out on the apostles only. It was poured out upon us. It was poured and it says that the, 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 the gift, the Holy Spirit empowers, it gives us power to be bold um, witnesses unto Christ. And whenever you do that, you can remember the abundance of grace. You can remember what was freely given to you. And whether you can articulate yourself well or not, don't fear that. God will use your broken words to restore a man. And so God wants to use all of us. And I want, and thirdly, I said only two points. And thirdly, we can close our eyes now. I really trust that you might see the abundance and grace of God. I really hope that you can see how deeply God really loves you. I really hope you can see that God wants to, has, has not, he wants to bring you from transgression to life. And if He has, that you can leave that old things. Your relationship with God is not fractured if you're in Him. You have, you're more than a conqueror when you're, in, when you're in Him. So, I want to pray. I want to pray and I ask the worship team to come back. Just come back and we'll just sing one song again. And And so, Lord, I just want to thank you, God, that your grace is, is abounding, God. Your free gift is more, Lord. It's so big, Lord. And I thank you, God, that there is no sin. No sin any person here this evening can struggle with, Lord, that is beyond your cleansing. Nothing, God, whether people feel weak, whether they feel ashamed of that thing, Lord, whether they feel like, man, I'm even scared to speak to God about that. Lord, it's those. I pray that you touch that person tonight, Lord. And God, I pray that you, you just bring us into your life all the more, Lord. And God, I pray that as we move into a new decade, Lord, that we remember your grace, God. It will be a foundation that we will remember that was set in 2020. It is this year that we, it is this year, but also this series that we'll do, God, that people will refer back to and say, it's here where the grace of God became real to me. Hallelujah. It is here where I stopped familiarizing myself with the grace of God, and I lived and knew what God really did for me. Hallelujah. And God, I thank you, Lord, that you use each and one of us to be salt and light on this earth. So I just want you to think, of whatever it might be in your life, that you feel is such a big of a sin, or it's so big that you can't get away from it. And if, if that's not what you're struggling with, I want you to just be glad of the grace of God that's in your life as we sing um, another song, that grace changes everything. So let's just sing that together. Yes, Lord. And so we rest in your finished work, God. We rest. There's no pain. No sin too deep that you cannot heal, Lord. God, I thank you. You have brought restoration where you needed to bring restoration, God. And God, I pray that your grace is not just for today, Lord. It is for tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the rest of this year, Lord. We rely on your abundant grace. So God, may you just keep us and may you make your face shine upon us, Lord. 
God, may you bless us in our coming and in our going, God. Father, I just pray that you uh, uh, keep us through this week, Lord. I pray that we live for you every day in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.